Hey friends. Okay, here are two questions for you this week. One question is, is your self-worth tied to your productivity? Now, if you're having an automatic response, like, of course it's not, I'd want you to think about it just for a second. The second question is, is your productivity tied to your trauma drive? This is a concept that we're going to explore today in this episode of Road to Radical Visibility. I want to welcome you one more time and say hello, welcome to Road to Radical Visibility. My name is Rachel Freeman Sowers, and I am also known as the Breakthrough Bitch because I am passionate about helping people in the LGBTQ plus neurodiverse and female communities become more bold in the expression of themselves, their mission, and their truth in business and in life. And you know, my motto is being 100% you, 100% of the time, no shame or guilt needed. All right, so let's dive into today's episode. So this topic came up because several of my clients come to me because they are struggling. They're living a life that is full of striving and driving and pushing through. And it's kind of like an 80-20 rule, except not in a good way. 80% of their life is tied to, okay, how do I get this done? This is what I'm doing. If I do these things, then I feel better about myself, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. And 80% or 20%, sorry, 20% of the time, they're really trying to heal themselves or restore themselves so they can keep doing 80%. And what I would love to propose to you in this episode is that if we switched it to 80% being in a way of productivity that allowed you to feel calm, that allowed you to move about and know exactly what you needed to do without any fear or shame or guilt or doubt or having that tied to being to your self-worth. You see, I just want to debunk something right now. Just because you do lots of things doesn't mean you're more worthy. Just because you do a lot of things doesn't mean you're more deserving. I want to propose the possibility that you are worthy and deserving without doing anything. Okay, now that may be kind of a shocker for some of you, but I really want to propose that you're worthy and deserving without doing anything, with just being you. You see, in a world that's tied to so much productivity, that's linked to how you perform on a job to whether or not you get a raise, this is something... I've heard a lot about, and that's been on my mind a lot, and in even in my own history, is that I know that there's measurements that, um, I don't know if they're needed in the world that are necessary, but they form a structure. So let's just say that. And they can be helpful. And yet, so many of these measurements that we've either adopted from other people or taken on from businesses or jobs, then clearly define our worthiness. Think about it. If you don't meet these expectations of your job description or do these exact things, then you're not worthy of the race. Now, this is one of the reasons why I no longer work for anyone else, (laughs) because that's subjective. And as objective as they want it to be, it is not objective. I mean, it is. Yes. So it's not objective. It is subjective. See, I'm getting all passionate about this now and my brain's going faster than I can talk. (laughs) It happens sometimes. 
So it's like everything else. I mean, think about it in the religious realm. If you do this, then, you know, God loves you. But honestly, what I've heard the majority of my life up until I decided to make up my own mind was that if I was a gay or a lesbian, I was going to hell, but God still loved me and he was still in my heart, but I was still going to hell, right? These are the things that humans get this stuff really kind of, honestly, we get it effed up according to however our perception is of it. Also, this topic comes up because I was with a client this week and she was really struggling. She was like, but I can do all of these things. I can do them. I was like, but that doesn't mean you need to do them. And if the drive to do these things for other people, and it was mainly in her workplace, equals the way that you get your self-worth or is trauma-driven, is given to you by a trauma drive, then what will happen if that goes away? I know I've said this before on other episodes, but one question that I often ask my clients, which is an indicator of whether or not they're ready to work with me, is that if I was out in the woods all by myself, standing amongst all these beautiful trees, being in the space, could I feel as worthy there doing absolutely nothing except standing there and being there as I am in this other world? If the client struggles, that means something within them is having tension. You see, the majority of my clients know that there's something wrong. They know that they can't keep striving and driving. They become physically ill. They start becoming burnt out more and more frequently. Um, It can look like, oh, you know, I took a day off. Okay. uh, Because I was feeling overwhelmed. And then a week later or two weeks later, I had to take another day off or I called in sick or they um, just don't take that time for themselves. But each time the time in between gets shorter. And then pretty soon what happens is that the body will tell you it's time. Your heart will tell you it's time, but how we are meant, how we are trained to ignore those signs We are trained to ignore those signs in our culture. Just keep going, keep striving, especially as women or any uh, minority community that thinks that they've had to prove themselves to be able to have something, do something, or be something. I want to wipe all that off the table with this. Trauma-driven productivity is mostly the reason why some people struggle to say, why can't I do it now? So, In my life before, there's been lots of times when I've been able to just push through to make it happen. And I'm a Taurus, so I just say, put my horns down, I just go. That's a trauma response for me. Because my self-worth or my ability to be successful in this community was defined by what everybody else's expectation was. And so when I got fired from corporate America for being too sensitive At that moment, I decided to take the things that people told me were my weaknesses and turn them into my superpowers. I was no longer trauma driven. I was no longer trying to make sure that I met up to everybody's expectations in order to feel like I belonged. I wonder if you have been doing that. It can happen in multiple ways. And it's not always like just majorly like blow up. 
but it can happen in how often we say yes to things when honestly, we really want to say no. Trauma-driven productivity has really um, demeaned and undermined a fulfilling life. It's okay to love what we do. It's okay to feel like we want to do things for other people. But what happens is that you'll get burnt out quicker or your body will tell you, I'm not, do- I'm not doing this anymore. Or your heart will begin to tell you, I can't live like this anymore. I don't want to do it like this. And unless we listen to that, the life that you have continues to be the life that you have. Another thing I hear from people is like, well, this is just how I am. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's only how you are until you're not. There are other options. I was talking to a client yesterday and she said, Rachel, I mean, her eyes just got, we're talking about living joyful and thriving life, like living this flourished life. And her eyes got big and she's like, seriously, if you're not watching this and you're listening on the podcast, my mouth is big, my eyes are huge, my hands are up. (laughs) And she's like, oh my gosh, Rachel. I was like, what? And she's like, I never thought of my life being anything else except striving and healing from the trauma. She's like, I thought my whole life was just going to be like this. And she said, the only reason it's like this is because I was taught that I was this healer, that I was supposed to be this thing. And my job was to heal the world. But what had happened with all that healing was that she had left herself behind. I'm not here to heal the world. I'm here to be myself so that I can show up in the way that I want to show up and help the people and make the massive positive impact that I'm supposed to make. But so often this healing part of us or the thing we're supposed to be doing, what is our purpose? We think it's about other people and it's not. It's about you. Your purpose here is about you. Now, I may get some hate for this because every time I say these things, someone will pipe up and put some kind of comment and um, somewhere on social media saying that I'm the most selfish person ever. But I can tell you if being the most selfish person person ever allows me to impact the lives that I get to impact now, then I will take it every day, all day long, 24-7. The trauma drive is the thing that pushes us, that makes us feel like we're always striving. We're always driving. We're always never at the next spot. There's a quote out there, and if any of you remember it, please put it in the comments. It says, a something's, a something's work is never done. A woman's work, oh, there you go. Just got to speak through it. A woman's work is never done. Can I just say right now, I want the effing to be done. Like, I don't want it to never be done. I want to arrive. I want to be in my life arriving every single minute feeling fulfilled and feeling like I'm thriving. But the only way we do that is to stop having the what we do being driven by our trauma drive. So what are some things that you can do to 
experience productivity in a different way. And I'm using productivity in this very masculine sense. The fact is, is that we still live in a masculine world. That's the bottom line. And we are still taught as women. And I believe even as an LGBTQ plus person that I need to do more in order to prove that I'm more worthy to be here with whoever else. Now, I don't buy into that anymore, but I feel like that is a cultural thing that is told to several, to my community and to the female community. Well, what have you done? Well, if I'm in an entrepreneurial sense, okay, I've done it this year. Okay, well, what about next year? What are you doing next year? Well, why why is there always a next step? Why can't I just be in this space and move about in a state of flow? So what if your productivity, what if the things that you did didn't feel so stressful? And maybe you're like, no, Rachel, they don't feel stressful. I love them. I love doing all these things. But then after you do them, you're like, oh my God, I'm so tired. I don't know if I can do that anymore. Or maybe you're like, I don't know why I keep agreeing to these things. Or maybe you walk away feeling, did I really do that thing? Did I really do the best job? If your productivity always ends and not being good enough, it's trauma-driven. If you doing something always ends and you feeling self-doubt, it's trauma-driven. If you always are trying to do something for someone and it's never good enough or it's never enough for that person, it's trauma-driven. It's not about that person. It's about you and feeling like you're not good enough now. So what are the three things that you can do? This is the first thing, and this is what you will hear a lot. When I say three things, you can always count pretty much on creating an awareness is going to be the first step. Now, this is a step that my clients struggle with because they feel like when they're creating an awareness, they only see the quote unquote bad things, dysfunctional things, the wrong things that they do. But when we work together in creating this awareness, we're removing the judgment about that. And what we're doing is we're seeing a clear path of how you got here. In the majority of the time, 99% of the time is because you were taught to be there. It wasn't because you came out of the womb saying, hey, let's just create some low self-esteem my whole entire life. No. What happens is that we start seeing the pattern. You then can unattach from that pattern. So the next step is, is that you re- connect with your body. See, in our world today, we're so cognitively driven and we forget that the mind and the body are connected. And some people say the mind directs the body. Honestly, I say it's not like that. I say the body directs the mind, but we only focus so much on the mind because that's where we're at. And we leave from like the neck down. We're like, I'm not connecting with that. My clients reconnect with them, their truest parts of themselves, with their whole selves. And if you don't feel like you're whole, if you feel like there's parts of you that are bad, if there's parts of you that you've chopped off, if there's parts of you that people have told you to hide, to not show anybody, or you cannot be what you feel is your authentic self, your whole self is still in there. And what we need to do is we need to uncover all of that. And that's what we do, but we don't do it in a way that creates shame and guilt. We do it in a way that is quote unquote enlightened. And I'll use the word. You create an awareness. You reconnect with your body because when we become overwhelmed or stressed, sometimes, you know, there's this 
thing out there that says, oh, you know, just take a bubble bath, just have a glass of wine, just do this other thing. And what happens is those only last, those solutions are only really short term. A longer solution, the foundational shift that needs to happen is for you to be able to go into your body and specifically into your heart and say, what do I need for myself right now? What is it that's going to help me create this moment in my life the way I want to? And then you create it from within you, but we can't ignore the body. The body will tell you when it's time to stop. If you're someone who has chronic illness, if you're someone who gets sick um, when you have a stressor, like it's inflammation in the body, it's no bueno. So we want to reconnect so that we know what's happening so we can create a mind-body connection, not just a mind connection um, or you re, you resist the body connection because that's where the, a lot of trauma is experienced. Okay, the third thing is, is that taking time to be yourself without judgment and shame. So this is the major shift in the work I do with my clients is that it's not about like, I have a client that has said, you know, I'm so gross when I do this and really it's not that at all. Right. Or it feels bad to this. And it feels that it's the inability to, to take time with yourself. And it doesn't always have to be quiet. Like I go hiking with my friend, Deb Peel hike for Harvey And, um, we don't talk sometimes. And that is really time I find with myself without judgment. It's noticing my body. It's noticing my presence that I want to have, even with you here on the video, right? So taking time to yourself without shame and judgment can feel very difficult because you have been taught to shame and judge yourself. I don't know if you saw the last um, episode of Road to Radical Visibility, but it really was about how our culture has normalized self-shaming. And it really is not, it's not good. Like it allows us to be in such um, a shame, self-shaming way all the time that we never feel like we're going to get there or we never have arrived. And we don't even know what that even means for us. We just know what it means in this other context or for everybody else, what it means when someone else thinks we've arrived. So taking time for yourself really allows you to start creating these feelings within yourself, therefore not relying on any kind of external circumstance or person to create a feeling that you want to feel. And this is where the true freedom comes out. We start unbecoming and we start undoing and unraveling and rejecting rebelling against the things that are no longer ours or that were never ours in the first place. So I guess to wrap this whole thing up is I want love. I would love for you to consider where you feel that you are the most productive, where you feel you are the most yourself, those two things and see if they feel different. If your productivity equals in you either feeling not good enough, you haven't done enough, your work is never done, I always have to keep moving, 
The fact of the matter is, is that that is very trauma-driven, trauma-driven productivity. And what we want is we want this thriving, authentic way of productivity where if I don't have 100 likes on a post, it doesn't mean it wasn't a good post. That has nothing to do with my self-worth. It has nothing to do with who I am being in the world. I, I am just being me. And this releases and allows you to move more freely about in the world. So if you've been struggling with any of these concepts that we've talked about today, I'd love to hear your responses or what you've been struggling with in the comments below. And I will make sure to respond to each and every comment. This is something that happens in our world. And to consider and to redefine productivity is going to be essential for us now and future generations to come. So I will end this video like I end every single video. Please make sure to stay true to yourself, be kind to others, and always, always, always honor the wise one that is within you. I will see you all on the next Road to Radical Visibility. Talk to you then.